gang, I'm Jamie Hiles. I'm Lydia Judy. And I'm Derek Lemaster. And this is Screen Bloody Movies. Welcome to your bonus episode that you have unlocked by just being you. It is currently, as of the time you are listening to this, Friday the 13th. So for our first bonus episode, we thought we might as well get into the spirit and show everybody's favorite movie, Wishmaster. Oh my god. <laughs> you know that Friday the 13th yeah. classic. No, we are, of course, uh, we had watched uh, Sean Cunningham's 1980 classic slasher, Friday the 13th. Um, so guys, since this is a bonus episode, we have already done the horror news on the Monday episode that has been released. Yep. So we're not going to go over the horror news. That'd be redundant, right? It'd be the same news. Unless we're filming out of order at that, at which point they wouldn't be. And we might be filming them out of order. Hey. We are. More likely than not. <laughs> Shit gets whack. <laughs> but I thought it would be a good thing to, uh, a good way to start this episode is to stay in the festivities of our favorite Friday, right? Mm -hmm. And since we had such a blast at uh during the puppet master um podcast i figured that for this bonus episode we'll do this oh boy <laughs> oh man turns for oh yeah oh yeah we're going to test our friday knowledge yeah that's one of my favorite uh jason's actually so really uh jason uh, takes Manhattan's one of your favorites? No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I didn't say movies. Oh. I said that's one of my favorite uh, depictions of the actual physical character. Yeah, yeah, because, uh, ooh, that movie. Mm. Yeah, no, actually, the one before that was, uh, is the best. Favorite, yeah. favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to it when we get into the Fridays eventually. But yeah, yeah, that's my favorite design, too. All right, are you guys ready to go through this excellent, excellent, uh, I'm sure it's probably great quiz. Oh. It's anything like the last one. I was born ready. Uh, so to be perfectly transparent, I haven't read through these yet. So let's see what, what we're at. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Let's go to the quiz. Which film in the series does not feature Jason as the killer? Oh. Is it Friday the 13th? <laughs> Friday the 13th part six? Friday the... Or part seven, I mean, Friday the Thirteenth, part five, both A and C, or both A and B. It is. Uh, I think it's D, right? Both A and C, Lydia. What do you think? I was just gonna say A. It a is for sure. actually D. Correct, Derek. Yep. Because there's one where there's a copycat. Yes. Yep. Uh, this doesn't tell us if our answers are right or wrong for some reason, so I guess we'll just have to sell. Yeah, I think it it it's green. That means go. Well, I mean, it looks like they're just showing a poll. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> we'll see. The franchise's main musical motif <laughs> is based on this phrase. Kill her, mommy. Get the hockey mask. Kill more, and they're all going to laugh at you. Killer mommy. That is correct. Yeah, that was a very good uh, depiction of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it does give you the answers down here. See? 
Okay. Cool. And we were right on this one. Ari Lehman. Huh. The actor who played young Jason in the first Friday the 13th film named his band blank as a tribute to his role in this film. I don't really know this one. We'll guess on this one. Is it yeah. Crystal Lake Memories? His name is Jason. First Jason or The Jasons? Man. I'm Those are all terrible band names. They yeah, are. For sure. I'm going to go with First Jason probably. I'm going to say A. You think A. Lydia, what do you think? I'm going to say D. <laughs> okay, so we'll go with my answer, and then we'll see who's correct, okay? Yep. It is First Jason. Yes! Jamie, you better <sighs> stop being right on these. I'll try my best. Look at that Pissing growth. That's great. So is, uh, is Crystal Lake Memories, was that the... Uh, that is the, uh, the documentary. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And also... It is this book right here. Yep. Which is why I know so much about Friday the 13th. Only one of my favorite film franchises of all time. No big deal, guys. But, you know, in my defense, out of those options, I feel like A would be the better band name. Uh, probably the best band name because First Jason is a terrible one. It totally is. <laughs> Lydia's The Jasons is also pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was hopeful. Hey, folks, we're the Jasons. Yeah. <laughs> I would hope that Jason Priestley would be in that band as well. What does Jason wear to conceal his face in Friday the 13th Part 2? A hockey mask, a burlap sack, a William Shatner mask painted white, or a ski mask? Let's be. Lydia? C. It... <laughs> You know it's not C. <laughs> that would be Michael Myers. It is B, a burlap sack. Where has Jason visited in the series? New York City, space, hell, or all the above? Has he been to hell? All of hell? the above, yes. I mean, he got dragged to hell, but did he? does that well, constitute that, as being visited yeah, or visiting? I mean, yeah, I mean, he's there at the beginning of Freddy vs. Jason, right? So and He's there at the beginning of Freddy vs. Jason? Oh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, is he? Yep. Oh, yeah, because he does say the line, you know, I had to search the bowels of hell. Yep. 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 You're right. Damn it. In which state is Crystal Lake located? California, Missouri, New Jersey, or Illinois? I would have said Maine, so I would be wrong in all of these. I know. Where, Lydia? D. Illinois? No, New Jersey. Yes, you are correct. It is New Jersey. What, what is Jason's most famous weapon? Is it a butcher knife, a machete, a chainsaw, or an axe? Hmm. B. Yes, a machete. <laughs> a machete. It feels, it feels weird to answer the really obvious ones. I know, yeah. I know. Well, that guy was really loud that just drove by. <laughs> Are you sure he didn't fart? I know, that's what it kind of sounded like. What is Camp Crystal Lake also known as? Camp Gore, Camp Carnage, Camp Blood, or Sleepaway Camp? <laughs> camp Blood. That is a C, yeah. That is correct. That is correct. Little Billy Madison for you folks. 
How many Friday the 13th films does Freddy Krueger appear in? One, two, three, or four? Now you're making me second guess myself. I think two. Lydia. Well, I now I want to say two because Derek says two. <laughs> it is two because he appears at the end of Freddy vs. Jason. Nice. I mean, at the end of uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah. Yep. And he's in Freddy vs. Jason. That is correct. Yep. Which actor has not appeared in a Friday the 13th film? Kevin Bacon, Rob Lowe, Corey Feldman, or Crispin Glover? I don't know who Crispin Glover is, but I'm pretty sure it's Rob Lowe. You do know <laughs> Crispin Glover. That's George McFly. Oh, yeah. And yeah, Jim, right. who gives one of the greatest dances on screen. We'll yeah. get to that when we get to part four. Uh, the answer is Rob Lowe. I don't remember the Rob Lowe uh, starring uh, Friday the 13th. That'd be a good one, though. Mm. It would literally be great. This is the worst looking Jason, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> you like that, Lydia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little Chris Trigger humor for you. Uh, yes, Freddy vs. Jason's Jason is kind of terrible looking, I agree. Dude, he looks like, uh, not to not to be offensive to homeless people, but he just looks like he's homeless and he wears a hockey mask. He kind of looks like he's a little, uh, yeah. I mean, he, granted, he was in hell for a while, but he just kind of looks, well, it looks like hell. He looks like shit. There, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is Jason afraid of? The, the answer to this is actually nothing. But let's hockey, his mother, water, <laughs> or fire. It's water. According to Freddy vs. Jason, it is. Mm -hmm. Which is terrible because literally throughout the entire series, Jason is what? Swimming uh, under the yeah. walking under the lake. He fucking yeah. walks under the lake to get onto a, a, a boat to go to yeah. Manhattan. So yeah, stupid. Anyway. But he was scared the whole time. Yeah, he was so too. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> Which... <laughs> Which method is not used to defeat Jason in the series? Swinging an axe onto his head, melting him with toxic waste, burning him into the ozone, or decapitation? Decapitation. Lydia. Um, I feel I like this one's wrong, kind of. What did you say, Lee? I don't know. I don't. I oh. don't. <laughs> Take a guess. Um. Well, the ozone one sounds space. Not right, but he did go to space, so I'm like, yeah, that might have been. That might have been it. I don't know. Melting with toxic waste. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> it is decapitation. Yeah, but see, I feel like so. This is where I feel like they kind of got this one wrong. Uh, because in Jason Goes to Hell, when he gets blown up, although it's not a clear decapitation, his head does blow off. Yeah, but his whole body pick it blows up and off. They're like, oh, look at this. Really, his whole body blows off. So. I know. That, that's a technicality, though. I don't so, know. So, yeah, he gets, you know, the axe in part three. Mm -hmm. uh, he gets the... Uh, Waste in eight. Yep, unfortunately. And then uh, Jason X, he gets into the atmosphere of Earth 2. See, there you go. Which actor has played Jason the most times? Kane Hodder, Ken Kersinger, Ted White, or C.J. Graham? Come on, guys. We all know this one. It's an A. A. Kane Hodder, correct. The Jason. Yes. Jason Voorhees <laughs> made it. <an laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at this. Jason Voorhees made a memorable appearance on this late night talk show. The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. The Late Show with David Letterman. 
the Arsenio Hall Show, and the Pat Sajak Show? I don't know, but I'm going to guess Arsenio. Lydia? Mm, I don't know. I don't have, I don't even have a... Maybe... Yeah, I don't know. It is the Arsenio Hall Show. <laughs> and he sat there and didn't talk the entire time. So, guys, we got all of the Jason <laughs> ones correct. Good work. We are undefeated in these quizzes so far. Heck, yeah. That one was actually, in my opinion, slightly uh, – that was better than the last one, right? I mean, that yeah. one was at least uh, more, like, real. Yep, I like that one. The uh, other one was <laughs> really bad. So, are you guys ready to dive into this movie? Head first, or man. Do you want to? Is there anything else you want to talk about before? Like, what's your favorite color since our bonus episode? Favorite color? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Blood red. Blood red. Mine's All sky, right. sky blue. Well, that's, that explains why you gave Puppet Master a four. <laughs> Wait till you see what I give this one. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. It, it did score higher than that. <laughs> Enough chitty chat. Let's get on with the show here. So, um, guys, we've all seen this movie before, correct? Yes. Yes. Well, let me tell you. So tell us, Derek, about when's the how long's it been since you've seen this one? I'm gonna say going on two decades. What? At a minimum. Yeah. <laughs> Early nineties, maybe. It's been a while. It's been so a while. Was, uh, a little uh snap back to reality to quote a famous rapper. <laughs> Just I mean I know you were living in an alternate reality where you didn't watch this movie, apparently. <laughs> um, but you had watched the sequels multiple times, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you really start backwards. <laughs> yeah, kind of. You know, that's about uh, you know, kind of the order. But yeah, uh, this one I've seen the least amount. Maybe number two. But then after that, uh, I mean, these things were uh, stable. They probably still are on cable. If you have cable, um, every Friday the 13th, whenever it may fall, uh, there's usually like a marathon that goes on. So it's just been a while. Yeah, Lydia, uh, tell us about your experience with Friday the 13th, this one in particular. Um, I It's kind of weird for me because I didn't watch them much growing up, um, but like, everybody always talked about Jason and how terrifying he was and all this. And I was always just like, yeah, I mean, that's probably way too scary for me to watch <laughs> as a kid. So I just never tried to watch it. But um, now I watched the first one and I haven't really gotten into, I've seen uh, Freddy versus Jason and a few scenes, you know, scenes here and there that I can remember from a couple of the other movies. But um, yeah, I watched this one, the first one, like, at least once a year, usually around Halloween time, when I want to get spooky and stuff. So I've seen the first one the most. Okay, so I uh, ha I watched this, I'd want to say, actually a couple a couple months back. 
I bought the uh, Shout Factory um, box set of all the Friday 13th. They have a, the first four movies have a new 2K transfer and they're gorgeous, the best they've ever looked. They look phenomenal. So I bought the new box set and I watched it to check out the video transfers of each of them. Mm -hmm. So that was the last time I watched it before this one. Uh, and it's hard to say if it's the one I've seen the least. I don't think it is. I think probably uh, Jason Goes to Hell is the one I've seen the least because I, it's the one I like the least. We'll get into that one day. But um, the, the thing with, with this one is uh, it was definitely not the first Friday the 13th I, I watched. Uh, I think the first one I watched was probably part three, I'm wanting to say, around part three, two, three, four in that little trilogy. And, uh, you know, I grew up loving Jason. He was, Freddy was my guy. I mean, I'm a big Fred head. But Jason, I thought, was just so cool. Thought he was just the coolest. So we would go over to my uh, friend Justin's house, and we would always watch it Friday the 13th. And it was always two or three or four. And Joe Bob, uh, our Monster Vision, would have Friday the 13th marathons on TNT. So we'd... I would settle in for those and look at those drive-in totals and uh, be on my way to, to watch these, these movies. That for you, uh, our younger listeners, uh, these movies back in the late 80s and early 90s felt dangerous. Mm. They were dangerous movies, weren't they, guys? I'm pretty sure that there were a lot of protests around a lot of these movies. Yeah, uh, Cisco, and Ebert, was... Cisco and Ebert famously hated all of them. Yeah. Oh, you want to know uh, what I think is uh, the best nod that this movie could have ever gotten, but also is, you know, to someone who hasn't watched these, which maybe Drew Barrymore did not, uh, the, the first Scream movie had a reference of Friday the 13th, which could definitely trip up a lot of people. Do you remember the, the question that the killer asks? Yeah. Who was the yeah, original was, killer in Friday the 13th? Who was the yeah. killer? All he said was, who's the killer in Friday the 13th? Yep. And, I mean, that is, it's a trick question. Because, it did is. he mean the franchise? Did he mean the first movie? Mm. And, obviously, you know. Uh, but, yeah, this movie itself, uh, I grew up with, but I grew up with the sequels more. And I remember, short in, like, the mid-2000s, I, when I got my first Blu-ray player, this was one of the first Blu-rays I bought was the Blu-ray of the original Friday the 13th. So I watched it quite a bit until I started getting the sequels again. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, started it all. So we're going to get into this and we'll get our pumpkin counts, of course, at the end. Uh, but let's start at the beginning of this movie. What do you guys think of the cold open? So we're we're in the you know we're in uh, Camp Crystal Lake and mm -hmm. that dude's playing the guitar and that chick is like I fucking him hard. Yeah. <laughs> She's playing the guitar and he's like into it. They're like locked, like locked on with their eyes. Yeah, it's that it's that uh, you know that libido torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I've never heard that, by the way. I just made that up. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. 
but that libido torpedo locks on and yeah so they go off after he, she's done playing her little song and uh they go upstairs in the in the attic like of the barn as one does to uh to take old one eye to the optometrist <laughs> oh my god This episode. This is going to be a great one. Yeah. So, welcome. um, you're welcome, listeners. That's what we're here for. So they uh, end up in, you know, in the attic, and we see an off-screen. The camera is what gives us our first two kills, mm-hmm. which, in my opinion, is one of the worst kills you can get. Is death by camera. Mm-hmm. As a horror movie fan, I hate death by camera. But <laughs> what are you going to do? So. Camera walks up and stabs a uh, boy um, counselor, and he falls over holding his stomach. And then girl counselor is killed via freeze frame. Yep. <laughs> you know, I think it's uh, hilarious that they were singing, uh, wasn't it Hallelujah? Michael, row your boat ashore. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yep. Little yeah. did they know. Yep. And they were doing more than rowing their boats, if you know what I'm saying. They were attempting to. <laughs> Got cut off by the camera. Mm. And so we go in from the freeze frame. What do you guys think of that that cold open? It was weak. You think it was weak? Yes. Lydia, what do you think of the, the cold open? Um, I thought it was fine. I, I try to keep in mind, like, this is, you know, early slasher and it's yeah. it's kind of like I, I respect it and i think it's you know i i don't care that they got killed by the camera i'm like you know i just i'm just watching to to have fun so <laughs> just like i uh i think it's an okay uh cold open i don't think it's weak i don't think it's the best i think it kind of sets the story up decently um could we have had a like a more interesting kill yeah, I think so. Then just stab off camera and then freeze frame. The freeze frame doesn't bother me as much because it was the style back then. And it was kind of cool to like freeze frame and then go to the titles. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think that um, it sets the tone pretty well. I want to touch then on we something. Get... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I want to touch on something Lydia said. Uh, because it is really easy to just, you know, we have the experience that we have now, right? And uh, the horror movies that come out today are just on a different level than what they would have been back in the day. So Lydia is 100% spot on. You have to really put yourself in the time frame of when some of these movies were made because they were groundbreaking in a lot of areas where now we look at it and just like, ah, oh, that is terrible. But back then, that was probably, you know, like, oh, I haven't seen that one before in that specific way. Yeah. And uh, 1980. I agree to a, to a degree. Uh, I agree to, to an extent uh, as far as um, definitely it's early slashers. Uh, I mean, if let's call the spade the spade. Let's call it what it is, which is that Friday 13th is a Halloween ripoff. Mm-hmm. Um, unabashedly, Sean Cunningham talked about when they were writing it. He went to Victor Miller and said, "Hey, Halloween's making a lot of money. Let's rip that off." 
So that's what that's what it is. Um, so, and obviously the problem is it pales in comparison to that cold open, which is one of the all-time greatest cold opens in movie history, not just in horror movie history. But. Yeah, and I don't think they're on the same level. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're not. This was the Dollar General version <laughs> of <laughs> the Nike brand. <laughs> this is those. Uh, yeah, the off-brand. This is the RC Cola. Yeah, there go with something <laughs> a little less obscure. Yes, this is uh, the RC Cola. But, um, so then we get to one of the biggest strengths of this movie, which is the opening titles. What do you, I love early Friday the 13th opening titles. Mm. What do you guys think? Yeah. I love the music. I love the, the black on, or the white on black background text. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you go back and you watch every Highland production short so far, they all have white text on black background, which is 100% an homage to Friday the 13th. Every single one. Uh, this next one will not have that. I have an opening in mind. We'll, we'll get to it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that when that's about to come out. But... Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, uh, we just finished shooting the first week of shooting, and it went splendidly. Right, guys? Yep. When you say? It's awesome. Lydia is quite the uh, makeup artist. She did a fantastic job. She did. Derek yeah. is quite the cameraman. That I am not, but I will do what I can. <laughs> and I'm great at getting snacks for people. <laughs> <laughs> so we are just killing it. I ate the crap out of those oranges. <laughs> but with uh, the Friday the 13th openings, Henry Menfrandini is the composer to the first, I think, six to seven Friday the 13th movies. And he always has an interesting twist on the score. And I, the original Friday the 13th score is Psycho. I mean, it's very close to the Psycho score, wouldn't you mm-hmm. guys say? Mm-hmm. I mean, heavily inspired. Uh, thrown with a little thrown in for good effect. Mm-hmm. But I love so the the title scene gets an A plus for me. I love it. It takes me back. I feel it in my bones, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm having a good time, having a good time again. So then we get to uh, we're introduced to our hitchhiker. Yeah. Hey, real quick. Yes. Because uh, I feel like the one thing that comes out of this movie that lasts through, well, technically there's two, that last through the entire franchise. Um, well, not, one, I guess, not so much. I mean, Jason pops out at, at the end, but uh, the score... Spoiler, Derek! I know. If you haven't watched <laughs> For a 40-year-old movie. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, the score of this movie, and I even wrote in my uh, notes, and you and I had talked about it, and then you made me feel like an idiot, but that's okay, it happens a lot. I said, has there ever been a more iconic theme to a horror movie? And you're like... Well, yes, there has. And I was like, you're exactly right. It's called John Carpenter's Halloween. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's that. Although I would say that uh, if we're making a uh, Mount Rushmore of uh, like themes to a horror franchise, this has got to be probably on there. If... Oh, yeah, it definitely would be. <clears throat> along but, uh, with, uh, along with Carpenter's score and I would say the, the Nightmare on Elm Street score is yep. a pretty good one. And um, you know what? Uh, Psycho. Psycho's a great Psycho. score too. 
Psycho is a great score too. And you know what else is a great one? That that's Bernard Herrmann. You know what Herman else is a great one though? Is uh, the score to The Exorcist, Tubular Bells. And I'm gonna have to hear that one. I haven't heard that one in a long time. And the the score to Scream is actually really great too. Marco Beltrami. There's some cool stuff in Scream. Tell me you can't hear. Red right hand and not think of Scream. <laughs> that is true. Yes. Ah, we've got to watch Scream sometime soon, folks. Yeah, well, it'll make the list. <laughs> Lydia is not frightened by Scream whatsoever. I remember. Damn it. Not there to get too. Uh... Oh, go ahead, Lydia. Sorry. No, I'm just terrified. That's all. Uh... Jamie's just going to call me out on it. <laughs> So then we we are introduced to our uh, hitchhiker, mm -hmm. um, and she's just trotting along. And I've got to say this up front, guys: Who do you think is the weakest actor in this movie? Crazy mm. Ralph. You think <laughs> no, crazy? I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would say the hitchhiker. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I do. Just because... I would second that. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. There's a couple Was of that Annie. Yeah. Annie, I think it is. Yes. No, yeah. is it yeah, Annie? Yeah. Okay, okay. So, uh, yes, that is correct. Yeah, Annie. So Annie is. Uh, she's. I'll tell you why I think she's the worst actress. Because she she stumbles upon the first. She talks to a dog and is like, "Hey, excuse me, sorry, boy." And it's just, you know whatever. And then uh, she goes to the diner, and she's you know she's very pretty, and you know she's trying her best, and she she does the whole um, they get the whole town feel that I love when they're like, "Have you been to Camp Crystal Lake?" And she literally turns down the radio. All we needed was a red card scratch. Yeah. <laughs> How far would you say it is, Enos? And we're introduced to one of my favorite guys, which is the truck driver, Enos. I love Enos because he's just this, like, salt-of-the-earth New Jersey truck driver. Yeah. And he's like, come on, kid, let's go. And, of course, then they run into Crazy Ralph, mm -hmm. who uh, just pops out of nowhere and is like, it's got a death curse. <laughs> it's got a death curse. <laughs> let's each give our own Crazy Ralph. Uh, Lydia, you, you do a Crazy Ralph. No, I can't. I can't. You can yeah, do it. Okay, we'll have Derek go first. Derek, crazy route. It's got a death curse. <laughs> All right, maybe he doesn't sing it, but it's in the same vein there. That was good. Lydia, your turn. I can't. I can't. Do you it. can do it. We'll How come back to it. At the end of the episode, we're going to come back to it, and you'll have to give us your, your crazy route. So, crazy Ralph does his little uh, spiel, and they get in the truck. And Derek, you pointed out, you told me about something in the truck. What was it that you, you said? I said that it uh, had to be the most uncomfortable truck ride ever. And it's not because of the uh, awkward conversation that they're having. <laughs> those damn chairs that those people are sitting on. When she gets out of the, the cab, it's like they were sitting on lawn chairs, man. <laughs> <laughs> it looks terrible. The so, yeah, we get it. Vehicles. We get an interesting um, conversation with them. And this is why I say Annie's acting is the worst in the movie. Mm -hmm. Because this dialogue here is not only kind of stilted, but I don't love the way it's shot with the point of view of each one for the coverage. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they're looking right into the camera when they're doing it. And it's like this. Here, let me give you an example. Kids, 
damn kids. <laughs> and then she's like, you're an American original. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I think that's, I think that's one of the worst line readings in the entire movie. Yep. Yeah, I 100% uh, agree with you, by the way. <laughs> it was very unnatural. It did not flow very well. Stilted. Very stilted. Yeah. I, I can only imagine they're like, man, we really need somebody to fill in this one little role. Hey, you should call that one lady you know. <laughs> well, I also think the reason that it was feels kind of stilted is because the editing in that section is weird. Yeah. Like, it's like they don't cut, you know, they like leave too much fat on it. So, like, she'll say, yeah. He'll say, quit. And then she'll say, quit what? Like, it's just too, there's like a too, a delay, that sh an unnatural delay, where they did they weren't confident in cutting it off a little bit. Yeah. And maybe they needed to to reach the runtime that they were supposed to get. I don't know. But, um, so she's heading to Crystal Lake. And then he gives us a little bit of the backstory, that there was mm -hmm. murders in 58, that in uh, 57, the water was bad. And it just hasn't been, you know, it's, it hasn't been able to be opened. So well, it he even made, references the uh, a kid drowned in 57. Yeah, fit, kid drowned in 57, 58, camp counselor was murdered. Then in the 60s, the water was poisoned. Yeah. So we get this kind of timeline of the events. And then we, you know, uh, get a pattern that, oh, this place is it's supposedly Camp Blood. It is because those that those two counselors were murdered there. Um, so then we bounce to, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, we bounce to this car driving down the road playing the worst music I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, do you guys remember this? Was, that like Was the it when they were in the truck? It's the banjo music, yes, when Kevin Bacon Ford. and company are driving yeah. and you hear... <laughs> and you're like, what the hell is what the going on? <laughs> so we're introduced to Jack, played by Kevin Bacon, Ned, who is the most annoying motherfucker alive, and then uh, his girlfriend. What's her name? Um, Marcy. Marcy. Yeah, Marcy. So we're introduced to these characters. We get a little bit of dialogue from them. We start to find out immediately that Ned's kind of annoying. And then <laughs> they pull up to Camp Crystal Lake. And we're introduced to the rest of our fodder. I mean, characters. <laughs> the rest of our cattle in this film. And uh, we're immediately introduced to a strapping, sweating man with a mustache uh, and golden locks that is the envy of all middle-aged women in Crystal Lake. <laughs> Steve Christie. He has like his uh, bandana tied around his mm -hmm. neck. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those, uh, short shorts. shorts. Daisy Dukes. And that's it. Yeah, no shirt. <laughs> Dude, we had a, uh, in, in high school, one of our football coaches, he wore Daisy Dukes. <laughs> that's disturbing. <laughs> it was to us as well. It wasn't lost upon us, but anyway. <laughs> so we're introduced to Steve pushing, like trying to remove the stump. <laughs> yeah, you know. 
So he, he, as soon as the, my favorite bit about this, by the way, guys, is as soon as they pull the truck up, he's not like, oh, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. He's like, come over here and help me. <laughs> <laughs> he's been struggling for a while. Yeah, he just can't uproot that bastard. So he, uh, of course, uh, they, they help him or whatever. But then we're introduced to uh, Annie, or I mean Alice, played by Adrian King, who's our final girl. She comes down and, you know, talks to him. And then, uh, we're, you know, they talk about the, the other uh, character, um, Brenda, is down by the archery range, we find out. So then they're like, oh, we got to, you know, go get changed. And then basically the next scene is Steve about to drive away. Right? Well, this is after he... Uh... Oh, correct. Ooh, we won't, we don't, I don't want to miss this. You're right, Derek. There's some world building between Steve and uh, Alice. Yeah. Which, by the way, man, it cracks me up. So she's she's standing on this ladder trying to, like, put up the gutter. Right? She's on this ladder. And then he walks up, and he's just, like, putting his hand on the roof. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He could, like, peer up on that thing. Just he's trying to up. help. He's trying yeah, to help. All, he had, all she had to do is, like, hey, man, <laughs> how's the air up there? Here's the How hand about you do this? It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he creepily looks at her drawing. Yeah, you know, is, that is that really me? what I look like? As, a, as an artist, like when you're when you have a sketchbook, you don't expect people to just like come up and pick it up and start looking at it. And it's I was immediately like, "Whoa, buddy! Like, put that down." <laughs> he already stepped over boundaries, didn't? Yeah, he? yeah, he was violating all kinds of boundaries. And that's before he starts creepily groping her face. Yeah, <laughs> right. There's a, that, that, that dialogue is so uncomfortable to me because he's begging her to stay. She's wanting to go. And then he's mm -hmm. like, just give me one more chance. Yeah. And then if you, my go favorite ahead. is this line reading. He says, if you're not satisfied, then I'll put you on the bus myself. <laughs> you know, if you stopped the movie at that point, I suspected that they had some sort of relationship. Right. And that they might have been you know, in the middle of a, an argument or something. Um, nope, he's just creepy. I'm assuming that that was the, the intention we're supposed to get, is that maybe in the past they have mm. had a relationship. Uh, so it's implied. But well, either way, I think uh, that guy's like 45. Yeah, well, that still changes the dynamics of that uh, interaction. Yes, it does. It does. Uh, Lydia, um, what do you think of Steve Christie, his uh, sex appeal? Um, I don't know. I, I like his look. I like his glasses and his hair and his mustache. Um, but yeah, the the face touching. I I want to. I wish I would have known more about if she just like showed up there and he's like, just give me one more chance. I would be like, mm, no, definitely not giving you a chance at all after saying that. So I don't know. Yeah, you need to get out of here. Yeah, he's got the, he's got the look, but I don't know if the brains are there. <laughs> Speaking of brains not being there, um, Steve leaves shortly thereafter. And, uh, you know, then they're like, oh, you know, they call this place Camp Blood? Oh, yeah. And then we get this, uh, we're about to get our first kill of the movie around this time frame, which uh, our Enos has dropped off Annie um, close to close to Crystal Lake, but not quite there to Camp Crystal Lake. Mm -hmm. um, and she's picked up by a hitchhiker, an unknown driver. We don't know who this is. 
and they're having dialogue, and Annie's just blabbing. I like to call them children instead of kids, I think is one of the lines. <laughs> and by the way, if you are, uh, you know, at the end of this, we realize it's Mrs. Voorhees, who's the killer. Like, that is the ideal counselor that you want to oversee your children. <laughs> like, right. She had a great respect for the kids. I, I, I don't know. I found that a bit ironic. Yeah. You're actually bit. right. Yeah, you're actually right. Like, it seems like she's, uh, you know, like, actually cares about the kids. But, you know, she's too pretty to live. Well, I mean, at that point, you'd be like, look, lady, you need to leave, and you need to leave now. Well, that's if a you're a sane person. That's true. I mean, she is nuts. So. Hearing that voice in her head. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kill for me, mommy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So she uh, she escapes. Once once they pass Crystal Lake, she realizes that she's a creeper. I guess she couldn't tell by her face. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Do that face, Lydia. She shows so much like bottom teeth. Yeah, she has like more than most people do. Like she has yeah. a second row of them. What is she, a shark? <laughs> so she <laughs> So she uh Annie escapes and runs through the woods and there's like a little tiny chase scene. Um, mm -hmm. nothing to write home about. But then we get our first on screen kill, and it's a doozy. It's a good one. We get the great Tom Savini here showing why he's Tom Savini. And we get a throat slit on camera. Mm -hmm. And it's a very great throat slit. I mean. It was. Not nearly as good as. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think but, the color, like looking looking at it this time, I was like, the color matching is like way off. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that is, gr that's a great point. We'll get to that in a later kill as well. But in 1980, when they're shooting on film with grain, you don't see it. Mm. So the color matching, they were like, ah, I think it's good enough. looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. But we get a throat slit either way. And Annie bites the big one with her. You're right. The color matching is not. It's, it's too light, isn't it? Well, when I imagine when they were doing the makeup, her um, skin tone was calmed down. But she was like running through the woods. And her face got really red and flushed. And then it didn't match her neck at all. <laughs> right, right, right. So, it, yeah, there was a definitely color matching issues. Mm -hmm. So then we start to find out why Ned sucks uh, in, this, in the next scene. He shoots an uh, arrow at, at Brenda, who's at the archery range still. And he start, then he gives, like, the worst Humphrey Bogart impression that you ever heard in your life. You know, you're... Cute when you're angry, sweetheart. And you're like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> what are you doing? First yeah. of all, it's 1980, not 1940. Won't you do a more <laughs> correct right. impression? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so then there's just a bunch of time. This middle section of the movie is just a bunch of them doing stuff, right? I mean, it drags. The middle part of this movie tracks we get them kind of walking around we get them swimming and then what happens when they go swimming ned pretends to drown mm -hmm. fucking ned <laughs> how, how do you guys feel about ned what do you feel about ned oh, i really hope he dies lucky for you you're watching the right movie <laughs> yeah. 
Lydia, what do you think of Ned? I think he's like a little bit obnoxious, but like I don't I don't really think he's that bad. Um I've you know, some you know people like that that are just a little bit extra, you know. Ned's a lot extra. Ned's a lot <laughs> yeah. extra. That's the problem. It's like he the problem is the way the character's written is okay, but then the way he's directed and acted on top of it, he's super try hard, Ned is. When I was a kid, and I always loved the Goofy character. When I was a kid and I watched this, even I was like, hmm, Ned's a little cringy. <laughs> he's not a super likable Goofy character. No, yeah. he's not. Especially of when he course, almost kills Brenda, like, immediately. <laughs> correct. For, for a super likable uh, Goofy character, watch um, The Burning, Jason Alexander's character in that. Great it's a great one. We'll do that one one day. Um, so basically, fast forward into like the next big scene, I suppose, is when there's a snake in the mm -hmm. cabin. Mm -hmm. Now, I have some stuff to say about this snake business, and I think you guys do too. Now, I love filmmaking as an art, and it's very important and very serious. But no art, no film is worth any person being hurt or any animal being hurt. Would you guys agree? Yes. Yep. I know where you're going with this because they totally killed that snake. They 100% killed that snake in real life, yeah. Yeah. And I have a big... I, every time that scene comes on in this movie, I cringe because I'm like, I don't like this at all. Yeah, me too. Um, I completely disagree with that. It would. How hard would it have been to get a rubber snake and just chop it? Or to just kill the snake off screen. You already killed a dude off screen. It's not that big yeah. of a deal. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And did you even really need the scene? I guess it's to create more tension because there's just a lot of boring shit going on at this point <laughs> in the movie. Because they know, have to uh, drag it on. Yeah. The the first thing I thought of when that uh, that when they killed the snake, I was like, man, I bet Peter wasn't around back then. <laughs> no, would have I don't. Some some stuff for that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a good one. Not a good one. So yeah, that's one of the worst things about this movie is that snake scene. Yeah. I do not. We do. We here at Screen Bloody Movies only condone fake murders on our screens. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then after that, we get the other, I guess, big scene around this point, which is where this random cop shows up. Right. He's he's my favorite part, dude. He's one of. <laughs> Talk about this cop, Derek. Ah. Uh, I got some lines for you. I told you to sit on it, Tonto. <laughs> yeah, that was the racist good. undertone. But like, uh, he's he's great, man. He's a great comic relief. Uh, here's another one. He was like, "We ain't gonna stand for none of that weird business out here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also like his. Uh, you got what are you doing? Are you flying? You in space, boy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm talking about the grass, the marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, while this cop is totally killing it, and you're like, oh, Ned's being annoying as fuck. Yeah. Running around with a shirt tied around his uh, crotch and wearing an Indian headdress, a Native American headdress, excuse me. And you're like, what is going on? <laughs> what is this? Yeah, I think when he gets out there, he's like, uh-oh. Well, and Since that's supposed cop. to be the dichotomy, but he's just, uh, you know, you don't feel any empathy for him. No. 
And then he says, you know, like, uh, he does that bit. The, here's why I find that annoying is this bit when he says, oh, there's no crazy people around here. You're like, oh. if I were making this movie, I'd be like, mm, pull back about 10% on that. <laughs> it's a little big. You might want to reel that in. Yeah. Especially when there's like an officer like telling you to shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very weird. So after he leaves, by the way, there's also a shot in here that cracked me up that bothered me. Is for some reason, maybe to pad out the movie, we are treated to this shot of the cop driving down to the end of the drive to turn around and drive away on his motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> when I was watching it last night, I was like, "Why do we? Why do we need this shot? Like, why is it so long?" We could, you could have just had him get on his motorcycle and drive out of frame, and we would have got the picture that he drove away. We would have, our minds would have put that together. Oh, there he goes. Yep. <laughs> Instead, they're like, "No, we're going to show you how he turns around and then drives down the road." <laughs> But mainly the point of this officer, besides comedic relief, was to tell the audience that Crazy Ralph is around. Yep. He's around. So then literally, a screenwriting sin occurs, which is you, in the, the scene before it, you say, hey, this guy's on the loose. And then the next scene, you show that guy. <laughs> yeah. Literally, literally. Not like... Hey, so he's on the loose. So then the whole time you're kind of thinking in the back of your mind, well, that guy's out there. Maybe he's the killer. Maybe something's going on. And maybe he's lurking. No, none of that. It's crazy Ralph's out here. You better, you know, be on the lookout for him. And then she opens the closet and he's like, it's got a death curse. <laughs> what does he say, Lydia? He's got a death curse. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Don't ever make me do that again. That was perfect. That was perfect. I won't. That was. We only need you to do it once. You're on. Yep. Uh, you're on. That video. was it. Now we. Now we all have done our terrible, crazy Ralph impressions. Derek's kind of sounded like he was a member of the uh, B-52s. I liked <laughs> Derek's. About right. well, Derek's had that spooky, like yeah, old like spooky. Yeah. It's go to death. <laughs> yes. That's him after he, he he bites it in part two. <laughs> Ghostly vicious. But um so Crazy Ralph pops up literally just to just for a, a, a very not well executed scare. Yeah. And then he says, You're doomed if you stay. Yeah. And then he hops on his bike and rides off. <laughs> Which we also have to see him ride off. You're like I want you guys to understand this path. Yeah. Gonna make the geography. Something no, about that bicycle. I don't know if it's be because it's a girl's bike, but he just looks so much crazier on that bike. <laughs> he does. He's also, for some reason, dressed like uh, Ed Norton from the Honeymooners. Like, <laughs> he's totally got a Honeymooners outfit on, doesn't he? It's robe choice. Yeah, yeah. They were like, man, what do we want Crazy Ralph to wear? I don't know, but I've got this Edward, <laughs> got this Ed Norton costume from Halloween. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that was a girl's bike. Yeah, I didn't either. That's a good, that was a good, uh, 
Well, when he sits on it, he's so like up straight and like proper. You're right. Yeah, he's kind of like stiff. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes him look silly when he just pedals away like totally straight. <laughs> like a board? Yeah. He's just, yeah. Like he should be wearing a dress. Yes. So Crazy Ralph leaves, and then uh, basically nothing happens again for a little bit. Ned goes on a walk, and he sees Mrs. Voorhees, right? And today, or yesterday when I watched it, I paused it, and you can kind of see her hair. Um, when you see the figure entering the cabin. Really? Yeah, you can see her little curly hair. And I was like, oh, they actually got her to do that, just in case you could see it. So that was a nice little touch, I thought, instead of, you know, just having a stuntman do it or, or I think, John uh, the Grip. Tom Savini actually did the throat slit at the beginning. Um, I think in the, cre in the credits on IMDb, it says that was him. Yeah, he actually slit the throat. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of shots where Tom Savini or Tasso are the the hands to the killer. Um, and you can tell, and I'll point out Tasso's hands in a little bit. <laughs> when we get to the end, I'll point out Tasso. But, um, yeah, so he sees the killer, and then he's killed off screen. We don't see him for a while. Then, uh, so while that's going on, Jack and... Um, What's her name? I keep forgetting it. Marcy. Marcy. Jack and Marcy go on a uh, walk. And this is where we get like most of Kevin Bacon's dialogue here. And he's far and away probably the, I think the, the actors in the movie besides Annie are pretty competent. I think they're pretty good. Mm -hmm. I, they're believable. I don't, they never take me out of the movie with like, just, just like some terrible line reading or something. It's, it's all pretty competent i feel like and i think kevin bacon you can see why he became a movie star like even then like he's his he reads a, so when she's telling her story about the blood rain dream mm -hmm. that she has mm -hmm. um his acting in that is great because you, he's look he looks like he's really listening to her like he's emoting you know and he's doing what you actors are supposed to do what you're taught is reaction and he's reacting and you believe it, and you're like, oh man, this guy really loves this girl. Um, so then when the lightning, by the way, the lightning flashes, guys, that's some <laughs> bright lightning. <laughs> like lights up their whole faces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like clearly a guy with like a off screen with a light and they just kind of flash it on and off at him. <laughs> oh, that lightning's pretty pretty strong out there. Yeah, you know, not, as, not as much thunder though. Yeah. Before yeah. Uh, before Kevin <clears throat> meets his maker, uh, did you guys ever play the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? Do you remember that? Back in the day, because he's been in like half I the do. movies that I've ever. I do made. remember that. Yeah. Lydia, do you know what we're talking about? No. So like, you can name any actor, and uh, by saying like, you know, this actor, well, hey, let's do one. Now, I'm probably going to screw this up, but... Uh, we have to do it in Ford. six degrees. Yep. Yeah, so in, like, six moves, you got to make it back to Kevin Bacon. Okay, So, like, actor. Harrison Ford. Okay. Let's try it. It's going to be a little All tough. Right. See what we can yeah, do. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, well, let's see. See, I should have had this one, like, premeditated, like, 
Yeah, you should have. <laughs> I don't understand. I still don't understand. What are you? So doing? the the concept is you take. So we have to. We have six degrees from Kevin Bacon to get to Harrison Ford. Yep. So you can do like. So we think about movies that Kevin Bacon is. Kevin Bacon has been in, and actors that have been in movies with Kevin Bacon. Right. Okay. I got one. So Nicholas okay. Cage. Okay, so Nicholas Cage. Yep. Right. So, so how do we? Yep. Nicholas Cage was in uh, uh, Next with. Uh, Julianne Moore. Mm -hmm. Julianne Moore was in uh, that uh, crazy, stupid love with Kevin Bacon. See, I chose a really easy one. Yeah, but, but that's how you do it. That's the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Okay. It's so. really more impressive if uh, I would have uh, had a better. That sounds really fun. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've we never could, heard of that. Yeah, we could play after this podcast. We'll or after the. The pumpkin. We'll maybe play a round or so of Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Well, not only that, but uh, USA used to have commercials that were like promoting that. Oh, the Six Degrees yep. of Kevin Bacon. They sure did. We'll see Where if we did can't that find start? One. Where did that start? It just was a pop culture thing. It was one of those yeah. that like uh, people started doing, and then it went, you know, on and on and on. Yeah, because he's been in so many movies. Is that why there's a commercial where he's like, a, there's like a bunch of different ones of him standing around there's like a like a recent commercial of like yes yes that that's is? that is why yes that's all of his degrees yeah dude i i was so confused by those commercials like i did not know that that was a thing at all yeah that's a, the six degrees of kevin bacon so theoretically what you're supposed to be able to do is within six moves link kevin bacon link an actor back to kevin bacon so, you know, yeah, that's how it's supposed to work. Dang, that would be tricky. So, like, for instance, we'll do another easy one. We'll do John Travolta, which is we do, we just do the reverse, which is uh, Crazy Stupid Love with Julianne Moore, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Julianne Moore was with Nicolas Cage in uh, Next, and then Nicolas Cage was with John Travolta in Face Off. Yep. So that's how it's, that's how it's played. Nice. I like how we stopped our review of Friday the 13th to talk about the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I'm so glad we did. I, you guys I, are going to love that part of the review. Yeah. <clears throat> You're so back to uh, Friday the 13th and Kevin Bacon. Um, we're about to, he's about to meet his maker, as Derek said, uh, which is in what is probably the best kill of this movie. Yeah. So they have sex. Um, he and Marcy, Jack and Marcy have sex, uh, in a very <laughs> PG 13 kind of rated sex scene. Uh, and then, um, we pan up and we see dead Ned with his throat slit. Mrs. Voorhees has a thing for throat slitting, mm -hmm. but he's up there with his throat slit. And then we, um, we, we cut outside, we cut back to the other counselors. When we come back, they're finishing their sex and she's just laying there on her side and he like just has his hand on her boob yeah. <laughs> just, just like david what david over there yeah just just holding her boob holding it yeah and, copper field but yeah copper yeah, field. yeah anyway. I, I i got it that was a you know what? I can't. Good thing this I is a bonus. You guys, I can't this, do everything. Listen, this is a bonus episode, so you can't be too mad. <laughs> so she gets up, 
after we see our one lone boob in the movie. Um, <laughs> Because the other one's covered, so there's only one boob. <laughs> That's hilarious. I think Joe Bob would rate this uh, one, right? One boob. Yeah, dude, I was thinking that when we one were talking about this scene. I was like, yep. you know, if this was Joe Bob Riggs, man, he'd... Uh... That's hilarious. One hilarious. breast. Joe Bob says, check it out. <laughs> yep. We love you, Joe Bob. So... um she gets up to leave. He puts on a shirt, which is very important for the makeup effect. That's mm -hmm. the reason he puts his tank top back on. So they could apply the the, the neck. Mm. So Mrs. So Mrs. Voorhees sticks the uh, he get Jack gets an arrow no, to the back of his neck. That's not why he put the tank top back on. He put it on because he was cold. <laughs> oh, that's in story. And when, when I was watching it, when I was watching it last night, and he says that. Oh, it's cold in here. I was like, they wrote that into the script because yeah. they Tom Savini, when they were doing it, says, well, we're going to need the tank top on. And they're like, say it's cold and put the tank top back on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 100%. But he did it so well. Like, I was like, yeah, I mean, it probably was getting a little bit colder because the storms like bring mm -hmm. cold front in maybe. I was yeah. like. He's it cold. tracks. Oops, putting the tank top on, yeah. even though that's not going to warm you up. <laughs> yeah, but it tracks. But yeah, that's 100% why. Yeah. So they can do the makeup effect. So he uh, gets an arrow through the back of his throat, through the front of his neck, and blood splurts everywhere. One of Probably the best kill of the movie. Wouldn't you guys agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really liked, I love how the hand comes up from under the bed and like holds his head down, like so he can't really react at all. Yes. That is so scary thinking of a hand just like reaching up and grabbing you. Yes, it is. And it's in not being able to move. Yeah. And it adds just so much more to it. And then he, of course, uh, the blood splurts out. And, and what you talked about earlier, now that we're watching it in HD 40 years later, the color doesn't quite match on the. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. It's still a great effect, and I love the way they did it, and I love the, uh, um, so basically they had the, the neck and the body laying on the bed, Nicholas Cage was, or Nicholas Cage, god dang it. <laughs> uh, the neck and, or the, he, the body was laying on the bed, and Kevin Bacon was sitting on his knees, yeah, like this, through it, and they stuck it through the appliance in with a blood tube, and Tasso was blowing blood out of it, and they had to cut at the end of it because apparently a big blood bubble blew and they thought it was too gross. And I was like, you should have kept that. That's gnarly. Yeah, that could have been in the extended edition yeah. or something. Yeah. You but guys yeah. hear the door like creaking behind me? It's because my stupid ass cat. Okay. I'm like, what? Who's going through the door back there? Yeah, creep me anyway. out. Miss Voorhees. She's doing I'm the face. You, I'm glad you heard it, man. <laughs> so, um, anyway. yeah, the show-stopping kill. Best kill of the movie. Um, and then after this point, we start getting kills in pretty quick succession. So, um, Alice, Bill, and Brenda are playing strip Monopoly in the uh, cabin. And we get like some jokes with them. They cut back, and Brenda is like almost ready to go. Oh man, and, she's she is ready to go. They're yeah. also eager. 
They are. They are. I didn't have this experience. They're drinking and getting high. They're having a good time. I guess they would be in college, but. Yeah. Either way, it's like she brought it up. Like she was just like wanted to get naked in front of everybody. (laughs) Hey, look, if I was Bill, I would say, all right. (laughs) Yeah. I've got these knee high socks on. I'll get naked. Yeah, it's fine. I can take one off if I need it. No big deal. (laughs) Put it on the door. Old school style. We're we're good. (laughs) Uh, but before we get cut back to them in their naked uh, states of undress, um, <laughs> we have Marcy's kill, which is also a pretty solid kill. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in the uh, the shower, basically the bathroom, and mm-hmm. um, she's attacked with an axe. And they do a great bit where she hits the light, and they linger on the light as she swings the axe down. And then the next shot is her with the axe embedded into her face. Pretty great makeup job by Tom Savini, of course. Yes. What'd you think of that, Lydia? Loved it. Loved it. The uh, the effect of hitting the light worked for two reasons. Uh, mainly to show that the prop that they were swinging was a real axe. So you, subconsciously, you know. And it also gives you something to focus on while the axe is being swung down so then when the cut happens you don't miss the impact because you already get an impact mm-hmm. it's a great filmmaking technique it's a magic technique too you know like if somebody has a knife and they tap it on something and then they switch it with a rubber one mm-hmm. sleight of hand misdirection good I stuff you're gonna pull a rabbit out of your hat or something when you went down the, the magic route but anyway that too i mean i thought you were expecting me to pull a rabbit out of nowhere right now wouldn't you guys shit if I just I pulled a rabbit up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be a showstopper. That would. That would be a showstopper. So then we get, uh, they, we cut back to Monopoly gang and they're, uh, you know, Brenda's like ready. She's like in her like bra and panties and she's like, oh, let's keep going. And Alice starts to take off her, uh, her shirt and we get interrupted by the wind. Because she's fully clothed. She must yeah. be the best Monopoly player on earth. <laughs> she yeah. is. But uh, what? Bill only has what? His shirt off? I mean, that you can see. Yeah. I think it's implied that he just has his underwear on. No, no, because he's, when they get, stand up, he's wearing his pants. Oh, is so he? So I think he, yeah, I think he has just his shirt off and maybe his boots off. And because mm. she pulls up, Alice gives him a boot, or he gives Alice a boot at the beginning. Mm. So then Alice just is fully clothed. So then she starts to take off her shirt. And then the wind blows, and then Brenda's like, whoa, I've got to get out of here now because I left the cabin doors open. He's like, Mm. yeah, I'm almost naked, so I'm just going to (laughs) go. Yeah, and Bill's like, damn it. I almost had that (laughs) three-way. Yeah. All of my dreams almost came true. Oh Which, by God. the way, do you guys get the feeling that Alice and Bill have, like, a thing? It's hard. I, yes. I feel like they have a thing. They're laying together on the beach, like, mm-hmm. right by each other, like, on the same towel, and they're, like, basically face, almost face-to-face. Uh, Bill, you know, helps her clean up. He hangs around with her. He's the one that gives her words of encouragement. I think they were uh, starting to try to be an item. Steve Christie, of course, was in the background, like rubbing his nipples, hoping that things worked <laughs> out for him. <laughs> well, 
Well, dude, uh, that I mean, camp. That's half camp is is yeah. uh, trying to hook up with. I mean, even in real life, I went. I was a counselor at a camp in Maine, and uh, I did not partake in these activities. But uh, most of the other counselors, like that, was half the the season was. You were a counselor at a camp in Maine. I was. What the hell? Yeah, I was a wrestling instructor at a sports camp. In Maine. That's crazy. Yep. Camp Cedar. So you weren't you weren't swinging any cedar around. It sounds like <laughs> I was not. <laughs> oh my god, I was not. Now, but other counselors, it sounds like were. Oh yeah, there were a couple of counselors that got caught by the the campers, man. There was one counselor. Uh, she was a female, and man, she would flirt with those campers because so it was like up to the age of fifteen, and uh, she would fl- flirt with those those campers it was kind of awkward at points kind of that sounds yeah. extremely awkward well, um, to me yeah but man dude there was a, a kid we're way off uh track but anyway uh these kids all these kids were like uber rich their parents were like ceos of like big corporations and stuff like that but uh one kid uh, i think his dad was a minority owner or maybe he was the owner of maybe Minnesota don't say Vikings. what he's a, don't say maybe what he's a minority owner of <laughs> let's just say that okay, of a big well. corporation well, it was a football franchise, but uh, okay. anyway, dude, his son looked like he was a counselor. He was, you know, uh, he looked older than he was, but yeah, she flirted with him all the time. I'm like, yeah, you might want to draw some boundaries around that. <laughs> but that was one of the funnest summers I ever had. Probably the third best summer. You know the first. Yeah, I do know the first. It was our favorite summer where we hung out it every was. night. Um, So... I don't even know how we got to this, but let me get back to where we were. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. It's a bonus episode. Yeah, so that's where we were. Brenda goes, and she also goes to the uh, bathroom. And there's a pretty good suspenseful scene where she's, you see the killer in the shower. You see his hand, and he's kind of there. And um, she's, uh, she, instead of going to investigate the noise, she's like, nah. And just leaves. <laughs> and then uh, she is killed also via off screen, right? Because uh, she, she goes to the archery range and yeah. the lights are turned on. Yeah. Yeah. And then how does she on. die? I, it's obviously not very memorable because I don't remember it. <laughs> uh... Oh, she. It, she's off screen. She gets yeah. off screen and then she gets thrown in the window. Right. So it is an off screen death. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Because she just, we hear her scream. Alice hears her scream. Meanwhile, Bill's working on the generator and he's like, can't get it to work. Which, by the way, it's hilarious that Bill's having trouble with this generator and Mrs. Voorhees' ass just walks up and she's like, turns it right back on when she needs it to. Well, Bill she sucks with, 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 with uh, genitors. Genitors. Generators. <laughs> Those damn genitors. Those damn genitors. <laughs> so um, they go and investigate what that noise was. So they they have like a little... The next bit of this is like a Scooby-Doo episode. It's like just they, they are kind of going around trying to find the counselors. They can't. They're like finding stuff. There is one really cool shot where they break into the... Uh, um, office and they go to use the phone line 
and we stay outside. We watch them through the window, and then a camera pans up and follows the line, and you see the line is cut. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool little shot. I was like, I like that one. Actually, I think that's the fanciest shot in that movie. <laughs> 100%. I think it's the fanciest shot. Um, did we meanwhile, miss what? what? I'm sorry. Um, did we miss the scene where she's like making coffee in the little kitchen? I think that's... Is that next? I think that's next. I think that's after Bill leaves because she find, it's when she finds Bill is when that happens. Okay. So, yeah, because then we cut back to Mr. Christie flirting with that di- that diner woman. <laughs> she She's all he's, about the Christie. He's all her. over the place. <laughs> I thought she did a great job. Yeah, she's like, well, you be careful, you handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> she was sweet. The best is when he, like, leaves frame. And then he shows, the next time you see him, he's, like, in a fucking full, like, fireman's raincoat. <laughs> yeah. I was watching him in the reflection in the yeah. in the door. I was like, what's going on back there? <laughs> all you I thought he was just going to be gone. But then yeah, was, then he just know. pops up and he's like, you can keep the change. And she's like, oh, thanks. Oh, good old Steve. Steve Christie. And he he barely gets his truck stuck. Because uh, the next time we see him, he's on the side of the road trying to start it. And the sheriff picks him up. And they're mm-hmm. heading towards Crystal Lake. So that's going on at the same time as this. Um, he arrives while they're looking for the stuff. He arrives close to Crystal Lake. The sheriff gets a call about an accident and drops him off. And yep. he's also murdered by the camera. The same yeah. way that the first counselor is killed by the camera. Well, he at least knew the person. He, like, there, oh, there's hey, that great, it's you. Yeah, there's that great, what are you doing out here in this mess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so at this point bill leaves to he's investigating stuff so he he's gone um and alice is staying in the um cabin and she starts making coffee yes what do you think of this scene lydia i don't know i just really liked i i liked her i don't know maybe it was like the kitchen itself like that old stove and oven like i i was like man i just want to make that coffee (laughs) but i did really i enjoyed the 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 shot of her kind of like she goes to get some sugar and comes back out and you i for some reason i jumped i was like that the camera movement i expected someone to like just be standing there and i it made me jump There's nothing there, nothing scary, but the camera, like, was building suspense. I think so. I'm glad you liked that scene, uh, Derek. What'd you think of that scene? I don't even remember that scene. <laughs> so I remember it, and what I wrote was that it was definitely a padding scene. To me, it wasn't because it wasn't like. I mean, I'm glad that that scene you got the suspense from it because, for me, the camera work was too stationary to get any suspense. So it was like it was just framed here, she walks here, she goes here, she comes back here, and then she stands with her coffee. And I was like, why are we watching this woman make an entire pot of coffee? <laughs> like it's a run full, time, man. Like yeah. a Folgers advert. I don't know. Yeah. I, the best. 
the part of waking up, up is Folgers in, in your cup. cup. Yeah, yeah. You cut off my Folgers song. <laughs> Go I, ahead, Lydia. What were you saying? I think for me, I like, I really like, um, like cabin aesthetics, and it just, I just want, I could watch someone just like make coffee like you were talking about how sarah was watching those lunchbox videos <laughs> i could just watch someone like stand in a cabin and make coffee i think so i was like in it i was in it in that scene i was like oh make that coffee like, nice <laughs> nice cabin and <laughs> legit coffee <laughs> it was instant i've never had instant coffee i don't think i wanted to try it in that moment oh i've i have back in the day you ever had instant coffee Derek? nope I've had instant coffee. Usually I have drip coffee, but I've had instant. I also used to have instant tea back in the day. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, man, yeah, instant tea. I remember that. Remember Tang? Of course I remember Tang. Astronauts <laughs> yeah. use yeah. Tang, man. Yeah, the instant tea. <laughs> used to Tang it up. <laughs> Give me some of that Tang. <laughs> Lydia, I'm serious. Next week I'm going to drink a glass of wine while... <laughs> You started a trend. Yes. You know what you I'm jealous do. every time you take a drink. You should drink a glass of Tang next week. <laughs> Maybe I will. I thought that's what you were going to say. Um, I work at a winery, so you should come get some wine sometime. I totally will. You guys have Moscato? Yep. Okay. Anyway, back to this. I like that I'm wine totally plug coming. in the middle of... Yeah. <laughs> Where you didn't even say the, you didn't even say the name of the brewery or anything. You just yeah. said, "I have this. Go check it out." Well, it's like I don't want to plug the name right now. I don't mm. know. I feel like good I don't thinking. Want people show you don't up. want that business. Good thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, so Alice decides that she's going to see what's taken Bill so damn long, and she makes her way to the archery range and she opens up the door to find Bill attached to it with a couple arrows mm. and he's like beat up and he's got a throat slit bill she hated bill for some reason maybe because he kept trying to fuck with her generator and she wouldn't <laughs> want any more of that like, damn you bill so alice of course screams and then we get our we get the final girl circuit you know the the famous final girl chase except in this one eh, not so great so we get the her thrown through the window, which is fine. But guys, when she's tying up the door and blocking it, this is the longest scene I've ever seen in my life. That was a long scene. <laughs> this whole segment is super long. Yeah, and but that scene, like, yeah, dives that that scene in particular. So she ties the rope, which is a really cool idea to tie the rope around the thing to lock it in. And then she goes and grabs some stuff slowly and stacks it at the door. Then grabs more stuff and stacks it at the door. Then goes and checks the rope again. Then grabs another chair and stacks. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, what? Why? There's no pacing here. It's not like boom, boom, boom. Or even, you know, ba dum, ba dum. And ba dum, ba dum. It's just like, boom. Boom. <laughs> 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 do you remember that movie we watched with the scene that was like this guy sitting on a bench talking to this random lady in a hospital for like seven or eight minutes and then like 
they just part ways at the end like it was had yeah, absolutely no I do remember that movie they 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 sit on the bench they have a seven to eight minute dialogue like it's a full-on dialogue scene which is yeah. overs it's just it's not very well it's not very well shot and then you never see that female character again nope and she has no point in the rest of the movie and you're like what the hell was that? <laughs> like, what's that in there this wasn't as egregious as that luckily it wasn't i think that <laughs> but um yeah, so this this bit happens before Brenda finally crashes through the window. And then um, she sees Mrs. Voorhees pull up mm -hmm. in the Jeep. And so she gets out, and she runs to her. And I don't know about you, but I would immediately think that this woman was crazy. Like, she just acts off. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a friend of the Christie's. I'm Mrs. Yeah. Voorhees. Well, when she sees her, she's like she she thinks it's her friend and she's like who are you like she like takes a step back like she was mm -hmm. like not expecting her at all she was like wait who are you yeah why are you here and then she takes her inside and instead of being like no lady let's get in your truck and leave there's somebody trying to kill us she's like okay and then walk back into the cabin and that's when we get the famous monologue mm -hmm. yeah uh which is still great by the way i'd still it have is. fun watching it yeah they weren't paying attention. Today is his birthday. Yeah, great stuff. So we yeah. get the whole speech about, we find out that Mrs. Voorhees is in fact, Jason, the kid that drowns mother. Mm -hmm. And she's been, she basically snapped after her son died and blames the counselors. And now she never wants this place to open again when every counselor is responsible. So look what you did to him. And uh, so we get uh, the final girl circuit starts improper. And she, like, there's a little bit of a, a fight. She grabs the fire poker and smacks her with it. So this final girl circuit, by the way, guys, is literally every scene is just Mrs. Voorhees attacking, Alice knocking her down, then running to a different location, Mrs. Voorhees attacking, and Alice knocking her down. <laughs> 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 it's just rinse and repeat at different locations, like, literally. Almost yep. the exact same thing. Like each scene ends with her going, ah, and laying on the ground. <laughs> so first she hits her with the fire poker. Then she runs away. Mm. Then she like goes to get the gun and she's trying to, and then Mrs. Voorhees turns on the power, which is cool. And then she's trying to break the lock off. She can't. And Mrs. So she has the gun. She just kind of tosses it out. And instead of turning that sucker into a baseball bat, which is what I would have done. But didn't have any bullets. She throws it at her. And then Mrs. Voorhees just straight up like bitch slaps her around. <laughs> yeah, she does. Slap, slap. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there was a backhand in there. Yeah, yeah it was a flat out backhand. <laughs> she like bitch smacks her around. Couple, yeah, a couple times. Yeah. So then uh, Alice escapes her again, knocks her down. I don't remember how. Knocks her down again. <laughs> and then... Uh, she runs to another location and the same thing happens. She knocks her down and then she thinks she's like, oh, she runs into the house and hides in the closet or in the pantry. Mm -hmm. And then Mrs. Voorhees starts chopping it down with the machete. And then Alice smacks her in the head with the frying pan. And then we see blood this time. So she's out of it. 
So Alice goes, and like you do once you escape a psychopathic killer, she tries to get into the car, but you, uh, Annie slit throats there. So instead of just being like, ah, so right, I'll just deal with it and drive off. <laughs> she runs away. So then what she does after Mrs. Voorhees is unconscious is she just goes and sits by the water, <laughs> contemplating the day. Yeah. And of course, Mrs. Voorhees attacks from behind. And we see, she sees the reflection, which is neat. And then they have, guys, I'm sorry to say it, the worst choreographed fight I've ever seen. What do you guys think of this final battle between these two? I've seen worse choreographed fights. I just want to say that. But? But this one is not the best. <laughs> what would you say is the worst choreographed fight you've seen? Have you ever seen Hobgoblins? Okay. Yeah, if you get into those kind of movies, yeah, I guess. I'm in a mainstream studio oh, okay. picture. Oh, I know, I know. I know this one. What do you know? Fucking Goodwill Hunting Man has got the worst fight scene in the history of cinema. It's gotta be. It's so terrible that no one dies in it, but obvious that there's a fight scene on like a basketball court. Right. It's it's just so bad. Yeah, that's a pretty bad one too. But this one, the stakes are high. It's murder. They are. And then you get them just kind of rolling around on top of each other for a while. She bites her twice. That's how she escapes <laughs> yeah. twice. Yeah. And she keeps biting her. And Mrs. Voorhees doesn't learn. And then she Even does it her again. Too. They both bite each other. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of biting going on. <laughs> My favorite bit is when she grabs Alice and like slams her face into the ground. <laughs> and Alice is just fine. Yeah. Not, and, not knocked out or anything. Yeah. Because Mrs. Voorhees like tries to stab her with an broken oar. And she and awkwardly is like, ah, and like writes it down. Dude, she's got uh, cat-like reflexes. Because when she comes down and like breaks that oar in half, it like flips up and Alice totally catches the paddle end. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah. I love her I don't know if they meant that. to do that or not, but. When, when she breaks that paddle and she screams like she, like she was actually startled by that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Adrian King's great. She's doing, she does great work in this movie. But she, um. The, the fight scene occur, occurs, and it happens. It's a thing that occurs. And then she bites her arm again, rolls over. Mrs. Voorhees, because she is like 60, takes like 45 minutes to stand up. So she's... <laughs> by the time she stands up, <laughs> Alice has grabbed a machete and decapitates her. And this is where we see our friend Tasso. So the hands that come up Oh, Mrs. Voorhees is Tasso's hands. Nice. You can actually see the hairy knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> A great effect for 1980. Except mm. for now, when you watch it in HD, you can totally see the toothpicks. Did you can guys you? see the toothpicks? No, no, I didn't. Oh, I, I saw them. I'm going to pull it up so you can see the, uh, <laughs> the toothpicks. I just want to point out how awful and traumatizing it would be to decapitate someone who is trying to kill you. Like, I mean, obviously you want to stop them, but like, how hard did she swing that machete? <laughs> like, Pretty hard. 
It wasn't a very clean cut either. No, it was not. So, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe not decapitation. See, this is why you should carry a ninja sword on you at all times. Oh, God, right. with the ninja swords. So, um, bear attacks, crazy old ladies. <laughs> dear Lord. So, guys, here's the, uh, here's, here it is. You see it? See the toothpicks? I can, yeah. yeah. I can see it now. Yeah. So, and then you see Tasso's hands with his ring and <laughs> his hairy arms right here. <laughs> Good old Tasso. But yeah, so, um, yeah, so the decap happens, then we get one of the best scenes in the movie, one of the best scenes, one of the best endings to any horror movie. Alice floating along on her boat, listening to another really terrible song play. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Jason attacks. What do you guys think of the that last scare? Yep, it's pretty good. Iconic. This yeah. was the ending that set up a franchise. True. Agreed, yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, you know, Tom Savini said it best when he said, this is, uh, let's rip off Carrie. That's what the ending is. It's the, it's the ending to Carrie where she put places the rose and Carrie's hand grabs her. Mm -hmm. um, but instead, so Tom Savini created the Jason look. You know, in the script, he was just a boy. Tom Savini made him a mongoloid. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a story that I'll, I'll say after okay. all of this, but. But uh, so then, yeah, iconic, great, great scene, great scare, perfect. And then I, we, go ahead. Sorry, I was a little distracted by the scenery because it was so beautiful, but it was like kind of like a different season all of a sudden. Yeah, it kind of felt like it, didn't it? It looked like it was like fall almost. Yeah, yeah. And the, it clearly takes place in the spring or summer. Yeah. Summer, because of summer camp. So... Um, yeah, I yeah, it does. I mean, it's beautiful. It looks great. Yeah. Um, and then you know the the scare happens. Then we get the the last line, which I always loved, which is, uh, "Ma'am, there was no boy. We didn't find any boy. Then he's still there." Yeah, it's her piercing <laughs> blue eyes staring at you. Yes. Love it. Then we cut to, of course, the credits. Um, so guys. Um, before we give our pumpkin ratings or anything, what are your overall, is there anything we missed? Overall thoughts on Friday 13th or things that we missed? I remember, and again, I hadn't seen this movie in a very long time. I'm, a, I'm pushing 40, but uh, I remember this movie being better than it was. Mm -hmm. I was a little let down. Um, but, you know, uh, still, it has the, it's iconic because there are obviously what it sets up, but uh, you know, it uh, I was a little let down, but also glad that we watched it. Lydia, any little uh, things that we missed or comments on it before we give our ratings? Um, I don't think so. All right, well then let's start with you. Uh, what pumpkin rating would you give 1980s Sean Cunningham's Friday 13th? I'm gonna give it an eight. 
Ooh, pretty, very high. Eight pumpkins. I'm really, I really like this movie. I, I, I think I just have a lot of respect for it because it is such an early one, even if it's, you know, ripping off certain things, but like, I don't know. It's, it's iconic to me, but I got to take a couple points off uh, for the snake because he deserved better than that. Yeah, absolutely. Derek, what is your pumpkin rating for Friday the 13th? It, uh, I really feel bad now because of what she rated it. But, uh, you know, to each their own. Uh, I'm, I'm, I was a little disappointed in this movie. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a five. Ooh, a five out of 10? Yeah. Ooh. I was going to go with a 5.382, but I know that you don't like those fractions. You know, you're a hard man to please on this podcast. You're like the Simon Cowell of this podcast. (laughs) The British accent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I love this franchise. Love it. Um, My rating is not going to be as high as yours, Lydia. Nor is it going to be as low as yours, Derek. Mm. I give the first Friday the 13th movie a 6 out of 10 pumpkins. Mm. And that's a very solid pumpkin rating. Uh, and I almost pushed it to 7, but I give it 6 because I there's what made it so great, the, the reason that it's high is because of the great kills we talked about. And it's iconic, the great music, there's some good shots, the story is fine. Um... But what drags it down to me is the snake. But most importantly, there's there's a lot of downtime. Like there's a lot of it drags in the middle. And I don't uh the sequels say what you will about, you know, they get I think they get better. Uh they're definitely more interesting. More stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. It's a little boom 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 boom, faster paced. Which would be fine if it was a little less pedestrianly directed. You could get away with the slow burn. Halloween's a slow burn movie. But you feel the suspense and dread in every scene in Halloween. Um, whereas this one, you've, you're like, why am I watching her make coffee? <laughs> why am I watching this guy turn around on a motorcycle <laughs> yeah. and then drive away? What does an American original mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'd give it a six. Maybe would push it to 6.5. I have a lot of love for this movie. Um, when I was younger, I liked it a lot. And then when I, in, like I said, in the mid-2000s, I watched this a lot on uh, on my Blu-ray that I bought because I, it was, you know, I love this. I just love slashers in general. Uh, full disclosure, um, I think my favorite subgenre of horror movies are slashers. Um, I love all sorts of horror movies, of course, creature features and and uh, ghost stories and uh, what have you. But slashers hold a special, they, they connected with me when I was young. So that's where I kind of reside. So this one is one of the forefathers of the slasher boom. The success of Friday the 13th spawned the slasher renaissance of the 80s because John Carpenter's Halloween kind of set the stage. You know, there's earlier Jalo movies and then there's Black Christmas, and there's Peeping Tom, and there's Psycho. But John Carpenter's uh, Halloween was fully formed. 
and all the tropes we know of a, as of a horror or of a slasher was that movie. And then Friday the 13th success aping that movie is what gave us a slasher boom. So I have a ton of respect for it. So, uh, yeah, that's our pumpkin ratings. Derek, of course, rated it super low like he's known to do. Lydia rated it very high like she's known to do. <laughs> and I rated it right in the middle like I'm known to do. We, between all of us, we got them covered, I feel like. Um, some, it's, it's great. Sometimes I side with Lydia. Sometimes I side with Derek. Uh, and then sometimes I split the difference. So, mm -hmm. so guys, you know what time it is, right? Thrill me. Oh no. <laughs> yes, it's time. Who would Tom Atkins play in Friday the 13th? Derek, you start. Ralph. <laughs> Could you imagine? I can't. You got a death curse. You got a damn death curse. You got a, yeah. You got a damn death curse. <laughs> Lydia. Hmm. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm like, I'm kind of torn here because he could be, he could be Jack or what was the one? What's the Steve Christie? Yeah. Yeah. So probably one of those. I mean, Jack at least has like a sex scene in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, a little bit fitting. Yeah, yeah. But I don't but, want to take away from Kevin Bacon. Yeah, and Steve has the mustache. Yep, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think he would be Steve. Yeah, and he would the then we'd feel less creepy when he's hitting on Alice cuz we're like, of course he is. <laughs> Steve would be all over him. Yeah. And she wouldn't do this kind of thing where she looks, she swoon at his presence <laughs> i would have to ten. man i hope before he uh he passes away that he gets an opportunity to realize uh the fan following that he has on this channel <laughs> yeah <laughs> our absolute love of him yeah if you yeah. like those guys they know the best will be if one day we get tom atkins on our podcast oh man that would be uh and then it's just amazing. 45 minutes of us telling him how awesome he is hey tom yeah. Remember in this movie, you were great. <laughs> it's like the Chris Farley show. Yes. Yeah. Remember that time? That was awesome. That was awesome. So I'm going to say, I'm probably going to agree with you, Lydia, that Steve Christie would be the best uh, Tom Atkins. Though, it would be interesting to see Tom Atkins as uh, the truck driver. Yep, the thought of that one too. And it would be interesting to see Tom Atkins as Mrs. Voorhees. <laughs> Oh my God! Talk he could be the cop. He could be the sheriff. That wouldn't be a bad one for him either. Right. I'm gonna go with uh, Lydia though and say Steve Christie. Ex yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Just because he's very, you know, can you imagine like Tom Atkins with the shirt off, wearing a kerchief around his neck and short he, shorts? He wouldn't have that kerchief. He would. He would tear that sucker off. But he'd totally be wearing the short shorts. <laughs> yes, he would. So that's Friday the 13th, guys. That was our bonus episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it uh, We as much as we enjoyed making it, because this was a fun one. Um, any Anything else you guys want to talk about? Do you want to do uh, anything else? You want me to tell that, 
stupid story that I've got? Sure, share it with our audience. It's going to make me seem like I'm in an a-hole. Anyway, so uh, my wife and I- They hear our... you're ready. They, they see your ratings. They already know you're an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> we were driving to, to get some dinner this evening, and uh, she's telling me about this story of, about this girl who's on uh, like TikTok or one of those like little stories that pop up there. And how like she had a son or she has a son and uh, he was like in their house and um, he was like playing with this old lamp or something like that. It was like a DIY lamp or what have you. And he like, he stuck the cord in his mouth and she was, she saw this on a monitor, like a baby monitor. And he, he she, so this kid stuck the cord in his mouth and like bit down. Well, it like, he got electrocuted. And uh, apparently, like his whole, like he got holes in his tongue and all this stuff. Oh, that's and terrible. He, he lived, but uh, she was like, "Yeah, you know, he, uh, <laughs> she, uh, he, he bit down on it and he got electrocuted." And she's like, "Yeah, he, he flew against the wall." And I was like, "Well, did she get that on video?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my! And God. I got the shit smacked out of me. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> But there was no, I didn't miss a beat, man. I was like right on it. It was I was pretty proud of myself. But anyway, hey, if if kid, if you uh, listen to this podcast, it'll be okay. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> if he's just a huge horror movie fan, and he's, yeah, he's like that guy. Yeah, hope you're good to go, buddy. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this can never make air. <laughs> oh, uh. God. Oh. Well, folks, that's Friday the 13th. <laughs> I hope you guys had a good Friday the 13th. Um, a week following this episode that you're hearing, we will have shot uh, uh, days three and four of the the new speech or the new short, and it should be finished by that point. Uh, Principal photography should be finished. So I'm gonna guess that that went great. What do you guys think? You think it went swimmingly? Yes. Yep. Derek. Yep. Okay. So uh, by that point, we'll probably be making some kind of announcement. Uh, a week or so after you hear this episode uh, about the what to expect as far as release date and what have you, because uh, Derek and I have some editing work to to start on here the next few weeks. Um, so uh, I think that's our show tonight. Uh, it was a great bonus episode. Uh, you guys have a great night, and remember, if you're going to scream, scream, buddy. Movies. Derek, you slow, so you both said it so slow. <laughs> I was trying to stay with you. Screen bloody movies. We'll see you next week, folks. <laughs>